Rex Stout's Nero Wolf. Starring Mabel Moore as Nero Wolf and Don Franks as Archie Goodwin. Murder is no joke. With special guest stars Joy Coghill, Lonnie Griffin, Richard Monette, Vivian Reese, and Murray Westgate. Coming right up now is Alec Gallant's stunning new cocktail gown. Three-quarter length in chartreuse taffeta. Doesn't Wendy look sensational in those slashed sleeves with the white accent cuffs? Another brand new innovation by Alec Gillan. The coat is a separate piece, and you can take it off if you like. And there's Wendy looking just a wee bit cooler. Thank you, Wendy, and thank you, Alec Gillan, for that. I'd never been to a fashion show before. And it's downright embarrassing. Nero Wolf had sent me to do a job of investigation, but between deciding whether the models are showing off the dresses or vice versa, it's damn near impossible to keep your mind on your work. My instructions were to get a line on a new client named Flora Gallant before she came to see him. And she'd represented herself as the sister of Alec Gallant, a hot new designer. Wolf told me to pick up whatever I could. But I don't think he meant one of the models or the reporter beside me who was crossing her legs for my benefit. Oh, and it was, too. Oh, of indiscretion to the waist. What else but pure silk could shape your lovely legs in such high-catching folds? Watch the turn. Isn't she a vision? It's the kindest cut of all you get from Alec Gallant. Now, watch the dip. Thank you, Rita. Rita was pretty good. Oh, but the MC was no dog either. Gold ribbon mold and frame, she moved like music. My program identified her as Emmy Thorne, Director of Public Relations. I wondered about her private relations. She spoke to a gent who looked like Lord Byron, but was probably Alec Galland himself, and he turned and spoke to a dumpy female on his right. I asked the reporter beside me who Dumpy was. It was like I'd started a tape. Dumpy was the vice president, and her name was Flora Gallant. And did I know she was Alec Gallant's sister and the story of how they got to... Oh, the hell with the models. I took the reporter to lunch. I must apologize for asking such an important man as you, Mr. Wolf, to give up your valuable time to listen to me and my troubles. Uh, I want you to understand... It would take less of my time, Miss Gallant, if you'd simply tell me what your troubles are. Yes, but you see, I do not expect anything for myself. The trouble is about my brother. Uh, you know who he is. Yes, Mr. Goodwin here has informed me. An illustrious dressmaker. Oh, he is not merely a dressmaker. He is an artist, a great artist. It is his trouble, so I must be careful with it. I come to you because I know that although you and Mr. Goodwin are private detectives, you are gentlemen. They are not mutually exclusive, madam. Well, I, I meant that I know I can trust you. <sighs> you may. Uh, Mr. Goodwin. Right, whatever Mr. Wolf says. I only work here. Oh, thank you. I must explain that in France, where my brother and I grew up, our name was not Gallant. I came to this country uh, just before the Second World War. My brother, uh, just after it. He entered legally under his new name of Galland, and within seven years, he had made a reputation as a designer. Uh, you are not much interested in fashion. Uh, not particularly, but uh, go on. Oh, but of course, you are not married, and you have no mistress, uh, and feeling the way you do about women, how could We I... were to discuss your problem, I thought. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. 
my brother got financial backing and opened his place on 54. Yes, yes, and since then it's been one triumph after the other. I know, please get to the point. Yes, triumph. I will not say I had a hand in them, but I have been trying to help in my little way, and so have many others. Ah. But now, now we get to the trouble. Ah. The trouble is a woman, a woman called Bianca Boss. Uh, madam, I am not in the habit of accepting cases of romantic entanglement. Oh, no, not an affair the more. I am sure of it. Well, that's fortunate. My brother has never married, but he is very healthy about women. I will confide in you that he has une amie en team, a young woman who works in the firm. Bianca Ross cannot attract him in that way. Good. She came first here from Europe a year ago. He expected her, so he must have met her somewhere. I see. He designed things for her, but no bill was ever sent. Then he gave her one of the offices on the third floor, and she started to come in every day. She began to take over, and my brother met her. She has a private telephone which no one else has. Hiles and files employees and pokes her nose into everything. It sounds as if she owns the business. Perhaps she bought it. No, she has not. If she had a financial interest, why would she be trying to ruin a business that has always made a profit? My brother has the controlling interest, but he seems to be prepared to let her ruin it. And we do not know why. Why don't you ask your brother? I have. He will tell me nothing. A month ago... Some of the others persuaded me to try to find out where she stands. I decided to come to you, Mr. Wolf. I want you to ruin her. Really? How? By wiggling a finger, madam? No, but you can. She has some hold on him. Find out what it is. If she is blackmailing him, isn't it against the law? Would that not ruin her? Well, it might. It might ruin him, too. Oh, I am trusting you. You would not tell. Only make her stop. I fear, madam, you're biting off more than you can chew. A prolonged investigation here, perhaps abroad, would be laborious and extremely expensive, aside from my fee, which would not be modest, with the outcome highly uncertain. My brother, Mr. Wolf, is a generous man. Yes, but he isn't hiring me. Now, if your brother himself were to consult me, if you brought him in... Oh, no, 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 impossible. I told you. But if he were released from her, I assure you, Mr. Wolf, she is a true villain. Now, you are a clever man. You would know it if you saw her or uh, spoke with her. Perhaps. I cannot ask her to come for you to speak to her, but you can. You can tell her... You have been asked in confidence to discuss something with her, and she will be afraid not to come, and that alone will show you she has guilty secrets. Well, I... Uh, Here, in this envelope is $100. For you, nothing. But it will show you that I am in earnest. For one phone call... Worth uh, 16 bucks, Mr. Wolf, after income tax. I know that, Archie. Well... Miss Gallant, uh, where is Miss Vaughn? At my brother's firm. Uh, she always is. Give Mr. Goodwin the phone number. I get it. She may be downstairs. No, use my phone. Mr. Wolf's is for him. Oh, very well. Miss, Miss Vaughn sounds like a difficult customer. I have no idea what she sounds like. I haven't heard her yet. Very funny. <laughs> hey, Doris? This is Flora. Is Miss Vaughn around? Oh, uh, and I thought she might have come down. Uh, no, no, don't bother. I'll ring her there. Well? Uh, she's up in her office. I'll get her. Miss uh, Biakovos, hold the line, please. All right. Thank you. Get on the other line, Archie. Check. Hello, this is Nero Wolf. Are you, uh, Miss Voss? Yes. What do you want? Uh, if my name is unknown to you, I should explain. I know your I... name. What do you want? I want to invite you to call on me at my office. I, uh, I've been asked to discuss certain matters. Who you... asked you? Well, I, I'm not at liberty to say. I'll... What ca- matters? If you'll let me finish... Uh, the matters are personal and confidential. That's all I can say on the telephone. I'm sure ah, you understand. I know your name, yes. You are 
sperm in your stinking sewer. What? That slimy little ego in your big gob of fat. Oh. And you dare. Oh. Hello? Hello, hello? Hello. Hello, Miss Boss. Are you all right? Miss Boss. Apparently something fell on her and then um, hung up the phone. What? What? Miss Gallant was present in body, but absent in mind. So I had to look up the number of Alec Gallant Incorporated to get the switchboard again. When I did, I told the receptionist to whip upstairs and see if Miss Boss was okay, that I'd just been talking to her and she was in some kind of trouble. She put me on hold. It was nine minutes by my watch before someone picked up the line again, and this time it was a man. Hello. Hello. This is Carl Drew. What is your name, please? Watson. John H. Watson. Is Miss Voss all right? May I have your address, Mr. Watson? Well, Miss Voss knows my address. What's happened? I must have your address, Mr. Watson. Miss Voss is dead. What? She was assaulted in her office while she was on the phone with you, according to our receptionist. What? And I must insist on having your address. Why did you hang up, Archie? Miss Gallant, who is Carl Drew? I uh, uh, oh, oh, come, madam. Pull yourself together. He, he is the, the business manager. Uh, what happened? Bianca Voss is dead in her office. Oh. He said she was assaulted, but he didn't say with what or by whom. Well, Miss Gallant, it seems someone else has done your dirty work. I'm only quoting your Carl Drew. But how? But how? Uh, here, Miss Gallant, your money. No. Now take it, confound it, take it back. No, no. After no. Archie, we'll sure. tell our witnesses and it'll be our next of Inspector Kramer. Thinks we got paid for it. I appreciate it, Mr. Wolf. Saves me a lot of time and trouble. There are seven John Watsons in the New York phone book. As well, Mr. Kramer as Sherlock Holmes' famous assistant. Uh, a clue that might have led you to my assistant, Mr. Goodwin. Terrific. Oh, yeah, I thought so, too. But I don't play games, Goodwin. Oh, no, sir. That's why I typed up the verbatim report. Everything we said and Miss Gallant said, the voice said, what you've just read there. As you can see, we both signed it. Yes. Yeah, I noted that. So it was 11.31 when you heard the blow. Uh, we we heard no blow. No. Identifiably. Perhaps when you've had a chance to read the report more carefully. Try page four. Okay, Inspector. okay. You heard a groan and a crash and a rustle, whatever that is. Yeah. But I'm telling you there was a blow. She was hit on the back of the head with a chunk of marble, a paperweight. And a scarf was tied around her throat to stop her breathing. But you didn't hear the blow. Not. To recognize it as such. No, Inspector. No. Okay. Now, this implies that Flora Gallant was a complete stranger to you, that you'd never spoken to her or her brother or any of the people at that place. Is that true? The implication is valid, except as related in that statement, of course. Nor has Mr. Goodwin spoken to them, Archie. Right, Mr. Wolf. Okay. Then you never heard Bianca Voss's voice before... And you couldn't recognize it on the phone. Naturally not. And you can't hear it now since she's dead, so you can't swear it was her talking to you. Obviously. Okay. Now, if it was her talking to you, she was killed at half past 11. There are four important people in that organization, you should know, who had it in for Bianca Voss. Oh, as usual, Inspector, you worked with dispatch. Mm. They admitted it. Besides Flora Gallant, there is Anita Prince, head fitter, been with Gallant eight years. Emmy Thorne, public relations head, been with him four years. Carl Drew, the business manager, been with him five years. None of them could have killed Bianca Voss at half past 11. From 11.15 on, until a call came from one John H. Watson. Well, I'm really sorry about that, Inspector. Yeah. Just... Carl Drew was down on the main floor in view of several customers. From 11 on, Anita Prince was in the top floor workshop with Alec Gallant, with two models and a dozen employees. At 11.20, Emmy Thorne had an appointment with three men till a quarter to 12, all airtight. Hmm. It's uh, very neat. Yeah, too damn neat. 
Of course, there may be others who wanted Voss out of the way, but as it stands now, those four are all in the clear. Why not five? Alec Gallant himself. Okay, five. They're all in the clear, including him, if she was killed at 11.30. But suppose she wasn't. What? Suppose when Flora Gallant phoned her from here and put you on, it wasn't her at all. Somebody pulling a stunt with a phony voice and all those noises to make you think you heard a murder at that time. Oh, yeah. With the corpse uh, there on the floor. Why not? Then you're no better off, Inspector. Who did the impersonation? You say they've all got alibis for 11.30. It it could be someone else. Easy enough. Such as who, Archie? There's lots of women around there. Someone who wouldn't commit murder but might be willing to help cover it up. Whoever did it is an accessory. Don't forget that. Oh, it's very tricky, Mr. Kramer. Hmm. If Flora Gallant killed her, it must have been planned as carefully as a coup d'etat. She phoned here last week to make an appointment for 11 this morning. She came on time, didn't she, Archie? Right on the dot, sir. Well, then, did she first kill Miss Voss in that lady's office, station some accomplice beside the corpse to answer the phone, then rush down here and maneuver me in a matter of minutes into ringing Miss Voss's number? Am I so simple? That's one thing you aren't, Wolf. Look, I didn't say it was Flora Gallant who killed her. Oh, hell, I know it's tricky. It could have been any of them. I'm bringing it up because you two heard those sounds, not me. Ah, you want to know if we're satisfied if those sounds were authentic. Or if they might have been faked. Just maybe. Yes, of course. Right, Archie? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, oh, we can't really help you, Mr. Kramer. If they were bogus, they were well executed. At the time, hearing them, I, I had no suspicion they might be flummery. Archie? Oh, I, I pass. As the report says, they're on page four. I got it. I read it. It's not what you say, it's what you don't say. My guess is she dragged the phone along as she went down and it struck the floor. Okay, but were you convinced it was real? Was it happening then? Well, something was sure as hell happening then. And and look, a chunk of marble hitting a skull wouldn't make much noise anyway. Besides, if she was killed earlier, couldn't the doctor tell? It was bloody, might have, but there wasn't any. Well, is that your impression, Archie, that, huh? that, that, that it might or might not have been uh, actuality? <sighs> well, there, there, there is one more thing. I mean, what about the layout? Whoever did it, whenever they did it, they must have left right away. And with all those people around. Oh, the place is a rabbit walk. That's right. A front entrance, a separate door to the, the offices upstairs, a side yeah. door, a back door, three different elevators. It's, it's like wide open as a barn door. I knew you'd say that. Okay, okay. Now let's get down to brass tacks. Mr. Wolf, let's have it in plain language. You thought those sounds you heard were open to question or not? Not intrinsically. Circumstantially, of course. You and your gorgeous words just like your orchids. Well, I'm on my way. I don't like gags about homicide. Murder is no joke. But I want to tell you, Mr. Wolf, Bianca Voss had you wrong. What was it she called you? Scum. In a stinking sewer. Yeah. Well, obviously he doesn't know you. Orchids don't smell. <laughs> you know, Archie, I'm beginning to think this joke may be on me. I was eating breakfast in the kitchen with the Times propped up in front of me, reading about the Bianca Voss murder. It included mention of John H. Watson, but never identified him as yours truly. Kramer was obviously playing it close to his well-stuffed vest. But just as Fritz served the eggs Benedict, I saw another item on page one. Coffee with the eggs, Archie? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Fritz, you ever see an actress named Sarah Yair? What movies has she been in? Oh, no, she was too good for the movies. She was a stage actress. Oh, well, then. I saw her three times in Strange Interlude. She was fantastic. Only time I ever wrote a fan letter was to her. Last night, Sarah here committed suicide. Was it a gun or poison? Cyanide and a glass of bourbon. Terrible. Unless it was very bad, bourbon, how could she take it? She was an alcoholic, Fritz. She'll drink anything. What a way to go, eh? Was it at home, Archie, or somewhere else? Huh? I always feel better when they do it at home. There's a home, it says here. If you call a lousy flat on East 13th a home. Oh, she must have slid a long way down. 
I wonder. I wonder if it was really suicide. Of course, Archie. It's in the Times, isn't it? Times this morning, Archie. Yes, sir. I'm sorry I let you get to the office before me, but you're early. Uh, what's the emergency? Oh, no emergency. But you can't... How'd you get that phone book? Walked over to your desk, lifted it up, walked back to my own and sat down. I knew no other way. Well, why didn't you wait for me? Because I needed to know a number. Oh, can't I get it? No. I have instructions. You will go to Alec Gallant Incorporated on 54th Street and speak with Mr. Gallant, his sister Flora, Miss Prince, Miss Thorne, and Mr. Drew, separately if possible. Now? Now. You will tell each of them that I've engaged you to make inquiries about Miss Sarah Yare. Sarah Yare? And that what I shall you... be grateful for any information they may be able and willing to furnish. I'd like to see any communications they've received from her in, say, the past month. Oh, don't raise one eyebrow like that. You know it disconcerts me. I, I've never seen you disconcerted yet. What do I say when they ask me who engaged you to work for Miss Yare? Everybody knows the lady's dead. But you don't know. You're merely following my instructions. Uh-huh. If I ask you who engaged you, what do you say? I tell you the truth. I have engaged myself. Oh. I think I may have been hoodwinked by a very skillful actress, and I intend to find out. You mean Sarah You Yare may be was... fishing where there are no fish. They may all say they've never had any association with Sarah Yare. And they may be telling the truth or they may not. If any of them acknowledge knowing her, try to find out the degree of intimacy, but don't labor it. I can wait until we bait a hook. All I want to know now is, are there any fish in that particular pond? Okay. Uh, I'll look up that number for you. No, no you I... will not. I can at least read. Get out. Galand Incorporated was no palace inside or outside. There was a show window, but all it had in it was a swatch of black fabric against dark green. I went in. Everything inside was dark green, too. Wall-to-wall -wall carpet and wall-to-wall -wall walls. No racks, no dresses, no nothing to buy. Only mirrors and screens and tables and chairs and a few ashtrays. A couple of customers who obviously had all day to flip through the design books... And a dapper salesman in a foreign hand. I picked on him. I'm sorry, Mr. Gallant is not available. What is it you want? Look, I'm not a reporter. Or a cop or a lawyer drumming up trade. I'm a private detective named Archie Goodwin, sent by a private detective named Nero Wolf to ask Mr. Gallant a couple of questions. Harmless questions, nothing to do with Bianca Voss. I read about that. Mr. Gallant is not available. You wouldn't... May I ask you if you are Mr. Drew, Mr. Carl Drew... Yes, I am. Then I'm in luck. I was instructed to see five different people here, including you. Could we sit down somewhere, please? I don't, as a rule. See us about what? To get information, if you have any, about a woman who died yesterday. Now, look... Not Bianca Voss. I'm... I'm talking about Sarah Yare. She died yesterday, too, you know. Oh, oh, yes. That was tragic. Yes, it was. What, uh... What sort of information? Is it Mr. Goodwin? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I wish I knew... All I know is somebody has engaged Mr. Wolf to make inquiries about her. Any messages or letters in recent months. Maybe if you could let him see them or... That I... seems a little... Hmm? Who engaged him? Oh, search me. Maybe if you'd like to know before you show him anything, Mr. Wolf would tell you. I have no messages or letters. You mean recently? Ever. I doubt if she ever wrote letters. She always did everything by phone. Well, not letters about clothes. Mr. Wolf's looking for personal letters, and he thought maybe you'd known her well enough personally. Well, I didn't. She was a very fine customer here for a couple of years. And she was a very private person. But she hasn't been around in over a year, and I never had a personal letter from her. Now, if... Oh, uh, thanks. I'd appreciate it if you'd tell me when Mr. Gallant will be available. Please wait here a moment. So, that was one fish. I had to resist the temptation not to play him on the line, but Wolf had said not to labor it, and I only disobey him when I know better. Carl Drew made a phone call and came back. Mr. Gallant is in his office with Miss Prince, and we'll let you have five minutes, Mr. Goodwin. This way, please. 
another fish. I'm sure Drew must have told Galant what my line was, or why did I even rate five seconds? By the time I got through the pin-up paradise on the second floor, nudes to the right of me, nudes to the left of me, I understood the way designers have to master subjects like the female anatomy. The insight was so blinding that I didn't notice until Carl Drew had left that I was in the presence of Lord Byron himself, with Mona Lisa in tweeds perched on the table beside him. Now, Mr. Goodwin. Mr. Goodwin, what is all this about Sarriere? Just a couple of questions, Mr. Gallant, and thank you for seeing me. And you too, Miss Prince. Please, let us give the observe. Check. I suppose Mr. Drew explained to you... He about... said the detective Nero Wolf is making an inquiry and sent you. That's all. That's right, Miss Prince. What are you smiling at? She can't help it. She smells at life. Very well. An inquiry about what? How Miss Yard died? I don't think so, Mr. Glant, but I'm just an errand boy on this trip. I'm to ask you if you got any messages or letters from her in the past month or so, and if you'll let Mr. Wolf see them. My God, this is too much, too much. What? A woman was assassinated here yesterday. Don't you know that? Yes. Of course I... you do. And after that calamity comes another, as always. The death of my old and valued friend, Miss Yard. In mold and frame, she was perfection. In movement as music. In friendship completely pure. I never had a letter from her. Send them away, Anita. I... You gave him five minutes, Alec, and he's only had two. Thank you. Mr. Goodwin, who has hired Mr. Wolfe? Well, search me. He'll probably tell you if you have any of what he wants. I had no letters. I had no personal relations with Miss Yair. Mr. Gallant preferred to get her himself. Oh. It seems uh, odd that Nero Wolfe should be starting an inquiry immediately after her death, or did he start it before? Well, the first I knew, he gave me this errand this morning. Well, this noon. You don't know much, do you? No, I just take orders. But you do know that Sarah Yair committed suicide. Name of God, must you? Send him away. She didn't need to send me. I went. Because Galland had picked up a marble ashtray and was about to send it in my head. In fact, I ran down the hall. Until I was stopped by the sound of a voice I recalled from a fashion show coming from an open office. It was Emmy Thorne, the MC, doing her PR work. I decided to investigate and had stepped in before I noticed the room's other occupant. Good one, for the love of God. Hello, Sergeant. You. Well, what? Sightseeing? Rubbernecking? The scene of the crime? Well, just morbid stebbins like you homicide types. Uh, compulsion neurosis. Is this the place? Well, what do you think? I think that's the desk and the telephone. And that's where the dead body lay. And the live one is Miss Emmy Thorne. How do, Miss Thorne? Who did you say he was, Sergeant? A pain in the drain. What have you got to do with this, good one? Actually, Sergeant, this is one homicide I have no finger in. I'm here on a fishing trip, Miss Thorne. I'm Archie Goodwin of Nero Wolf's office. May I have a word with you? Now, wait a damn minute. It's all right, Sergeant. I'm expecting him. He's the one Mr. Drew told me about. Sure, Mr. Goodwin. Let's take a walk. You can't leave this building, Miss Thorne. What are you fishing for, Goodwin? If I knew, I might tell you, but don't hold your breath. See you in court, Stebbins. I appreciate your taking the time, Miss Thorne. It's all right out here on the roof. We haven't actually left the building. You could say that, yes. Now, what's all this garbage about letters from Sarah Yair? You know, I think my tie must be crooked or I've got a grease spot on my shirt. Mr. Drew resented me. Mr. Gallant was going to heap an ashtray at me. And now you. Why is it garbage to ask a simple question politely? Maybe I should have said go. Hmm? What right have you to march in here and ask any kind of questions? Oh, none. It's not a right. It's a liberty. I have no right to ask you to have dinner with me this evening, which might not be a bad idea, but I'm at liberty to. And you're at liberty to tell me to go climb a tree, and I'm at liberty to go climb a pole instead. So, uh, have you any letters from Sarah Yair? <laughs> oh, Lord. I didn't think I'd laugh for a year. What? This mess, what happened here yesterday, and then Sarah... No, I have no letters from her. You don't have to go climb a tree. Oh, thanks. What else? Nothing, unless you know of something. You know of anyone who might have letters. I don't. Of course, I'm curious, if you want to call it that. I was very fond of Sarah. And this coming after all her trouble, naturally, I'm wondering who got Nero Wolf to send you here. Well, my guess is some friend of Miss Yair's. Someone else might be curious. I. Well, thanks, Miss Thorne. I'm. Oh, and by the way, I'm glad I don't have to climb a tree or a pole. 
Well, perhaps when all this is over. Yes. Yeah, that might be fun. Well, let's go back downstairs, shall we? Bingo, Mr. Wolf. Bingo? I sent you on a fishing trip. Uh-huh. Then the gallant place is a hatchery. Sarriere bought all her clothes there. They all knew her, and it seems they all loved her. Including Flora Gallant. Well, she wasn't there. My guess she's down at the DA's office. Very well. That settles it. You will now go at no, once to... No, Mr. Wolf, that doesn't settle it. Not for me. What is I... this, Archie? Insubordination? I don't care what you call it. It was bad enough me going up there without knowing the score, playing dumber than I am because you sent me out on a limb in the dark. Before I do any more climbing, I want some light. Why did you pick on Sarayer? You never go to the theater because they don't make seats big enough. That is unworthy of you, Archie. And while I'm on the subject of your mobility, what was so important about that phone book this morning that for the first time in your life you actually crossed the room to my desk and hefted it back to your own? I want to know. All right. Thank you. This morning I told you I thought it possible that the performance here yesterday, getting us on the phone just in time to hear a murder committed, was flummery designed to hoodwink me. Yeah, sure. Even Kramer thought that, and we had to ballet dance our way out of it. So we did. But Kramer's theory that Bianca Voss had been killed earlier and that another woman, not the murderer, was standing beside the corpse waiting for a phone call was patently ridiculous. With all those people around, anyone could have opened the door and stepped in. But if she wasn't killed at the time we heard those sounds, she must have been killed earlier. Because I phoned right after and had someone send up to her office. Precisely. Therefore, Archie, the sounds did not come from there. Well, then where the hell did they come from? Miss Gallant did not dial that number. What? She dialed the number of some other person she'd persuaded to perform that hocus-pocus. Clear? When did you figure that out? I had come to that conclusion before I went to bed last night, and I found it intolerable I will not be mistaken for a jackass. No, no. So you read the item about Sarah Yer at breakfast... Initially and... only because you as a theatrical connoisseur had once told me you considered her outstanding in her profession. Yeah, she was. Then I went on to read that she'd recently been in distress, and also that she had died rather conveniently. Uh-huh. So I came down to the office, looked her up in the phone book... And after you left, dialed her number. Here it is. Algonquin 91847. What did you do that for? She was dead. I didn't lift the receiver. I merely dialed it to hear it. You and I, Archie, are trained to observe and to register. Right. Close your eyes and listen. Take your ears back to yesterday when Miss Gallant was at your phone dialing. Not the first number she dialed. You dialed that later yourself. But the second one. When, according to her... She was dialing the direct line to Bianca Voss's office. Now, listen. Okay. Compare. No, wrong. The first third and the fourth. Now, we'll try again. This will be another number. Go, go. I think that's it. I... Anyway, the first four... Satisfactory. The first number was Bianca Voss's private line. The one you just recognized was Sarah Yeh's number. I'll be damned. Good God, what time is it? Huh? Oh, five to four. Then instructions for your next errand must be brief. Go to Sarah Yeh's address on 13th Street and take a look at her apartment. You mean break in? You are checking the telephone. Ah, huh? I need one last detail. Her phone might have been disconnected since this directory came out. I need to know that it's still operable. If I'm to see that whoever tried to make a fool of me regrets it, I must take care not to make a fool of myself. Now on your way. I won't describe the place. It was too painful. It was a hell of a dump, even for a down and outer. But the phone was there and it was working. I dialed home to make sure. Fritz? Is that you, Archie? Yeah, it's me. Tell Mr. Wolf the phone works, and I'll be home in 15 minutes. I can't just now. He's got Inspector Kramer in the office. Kramer's there? Came 10 minutes ago. They're having a terrible argument. I'll be there in five. (laughs) 
I got a hacky who liked to take advantages and made it there in ten. When I let myself in, they were still arguing in the office. So I figured I'd better stay out in the hall and sniff the atmosphere before barging in. I am stating facts, Wolf. Yes, you said you've never had any association with those people, but you sent Goodwin up there today with some song and dance about a fishing trip, for God's sake. I did. Yes, you did. He told Sergeant Stebbins it had nothing to do with Bianca Boss, for God's sake. Who is? Not. And when I asked you politely why you sent him up there, you say you'll tell me in 24 hours. Perhaps sooner as you help instead of hinder. Instead of hinder, Have I am... you any information on the death of a woman named Sarah Gare? When the doorbell rang, I was still out in the hall eavesdropping, so I above-faced and looked through the one-way glass in the front door. The whole mob was there. Galant, his sister Flora, Carl Drew, Anita Prince, and Emmy Thorne, the girl whose walk was music. Fritz appeared from the kitchen to answer it, but I grabbed him and marched him into the office with me. Archie! What? Was that you ringing the bell? No, sir, but I'm bringing the message. First, the connection you inquired about is operational. Second, five fish in the net are worth ten in the sea. All right, all right. What gobbledygook is that? Message received. Fritz? Yes, sir. Put the chain bolt on and tell those people they'll be admitted shortly, then stay there. Yes, sir. Inspector, Mr. Gallant and his four colleagues have just arrived, uninvited and unexpected. You'll have to leave without being seen, so into the front room, please, then duck out when they leave. We'll communicate later. Like hell or unexpected, and like hell I'll leave. Oh. If you won't let them in, I will. Mr. Kramer! Would I lie so clumsily? You're damn right you would. If they'd been expected, would I have invited you in and sat here bickering with you? Either you leave or I do. Admit them and you'll have them to yourself and I wish you luck. You think I'm going to sneak out and sit in your goddamn stoop until you whistle? No. No, that would be unseemly, wouldn't it? Very well. Get behind the waterfall. A what? That picture, you've hidden behind it at least once before and seen and heard all that went on through the spy hole, but you must not disclose yourself until I invite you to do so. Well, Inspector, they're waiting. Are they waiting for you or for me? Okay, Wolf, we'll try it your way. All right, Archie. Show them the way to the spy hole and then bring them in. I demand to know why you sent Mr. Goodwin to ask us about Sarayere. What business is it of you? Mr. Gallant, I'm under no compulsion to reply, and I'm not sure I'm prepared to. Instead, I may ask why Mr. Goodwin's questions, which certainly went provocative, so disturbed all of you that you feel impelled to call on me in a body. Now, why? It's all talk, Mr. Wolf. Mere talk about Sarayere. The wind blowing. Tell him, Miss Prince. The police have insisted on knowing why he was there and what he wanted, and we don't know. I think you do. Yet all of you refuse to tell the police, I understand. Now, why did you refuse, Miss Thorne? Because it was none of their business. And that's what you told Inspector Kramer? We have a right to know why you sent him. Absolutely. There's no point dragging this out. I'll answer your question, and we'll go on from there. I sent Mr. Goodwin to see you because I suspected I had been gulled in connection with the murder of Bianca Voss and because I guessed it had some connection with Sarah Yare. By coming here en masse, you've made that guess a conviction, if any doubt remains. Oh, my God, Annie. Titwa, <laughs> Mr. Wolf, we came here for an explanation. Of what, Mr. Gallant? No, for an understanding. Ah, that's better, Mr. Drew. Continue. We're in trouble, all of us, you know that. And we need your help and we're ready to pay for it. But first, we have to know what the connection is between Sarah Yare and what happened to Bianca Vaughn. No, you, you don't mean that. You mean you have to know whether I have established the connection. And if so, how? Well, I'm willing to tell you, but first we must get a few things straight. I understand that each and every one of you felt yourselves endangered by Miss Voss's presence and that it would destroy the company. Is that true, Miss Thorne? Yes, everybody knew it. All right, that's understood. But beyond that, you, Miss Gallant, had a more intimate concern for your brother. And you, Mr. Gallant, gave her cause. You are no man to truckle, yet you let that Voss woman prevail. Now, presumably you were under severe constraint, were you? I was. I was under her heel. The police know. They found out some. I told them the rest. Years ago, we were in the French resistance together. In war, you marry a person without really knowing them. And I made that mistake. Later, I found out she was a traitor to France. Perfite. 
I left her. I changed my name, came to America. And then she finds me, makes demands. I was under her heel. Well, that won't do, Mr. Gallant. I doubt if it satisfied the police, and it certainly doesn't satisfy me. The fact that she was an unwanted wife might lead you to kill her, but not to let her take charge of your business and indeed your life. What else was there? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, phooey, she knew something about you, didn't she, eh? Some damning evidence. All right. What does it matter now she's gone? She had two brothers. They were both traitors. I killed them. Not during the war when such things were every day, but after when it was a crime. That's better. In a word, she knew you were legally an assassin. Yes, but I did not assassinate her. You know I did not. At 11.30 yesterday morning, I was... Hold it, Alec. Mr. Wolf knows the alibis. He said he's trying to get things straight. Let him. Well, thank you, Miss Prince. The cat's head is out of the bag, but I've already heard it scratch. Uh, what makes you so sure, Mr. Gallant, that Miss Voss was killed at 11.30? You do. You yourself heard her on the phone. Oh, but I'm sure she wasn't killed at 11.30. What? But I was what? there! It's obvious. A woman who spoke to me on the phone called me a gob of fat. Somebody speaking English with such a heavy accent would hardly have the word gob on the tip of her tongue if she had it anywhere. But that, that, that's just a trifle. But what about the murderer striking just when the victim was on the phone? Hmm? Wouldn't it have shown more acumen to wait until she'd hung up? Whoever was talking with her might easily get the wind up and sound the alarm. But... Ah, there's a more telling detail. Miss Gallant, you didn't dial Plaza 29022, Miss Voss's number. You dialed Algonquin 91847, the number of Miss Sarah, yeah. How did you know? Oh, I didn't know that yesterday. But I've just learned that Miss Yeah's line is still in service. Obviously, you had arranged with Miss Yeah to impersonate Bianca Voss, and it's a reasonable... Mr. Wolf, you cannot prove that. How do you know if she dialed Sarah's number? You could not see the dial from so far away. Evidently, you discussed it with your sister in some detail. But you're quite right, Mr. Gallant. Neither Mr. Goodwin nor I could actually see the dial. But we can give evidence, and I think it will be persuasive. What evidence? It's no good, Alec. You know what we decided. I'm not sure that we decided right. I am, Anita. Carl? Yes, I think so. Yes, Emmy. All right, Flora. It's up to you. Yes. Yes. I agree. My God. All right. Mr. Wolf, we'll pay you to help us. My sister is innocent, and she must not suffer. She was stupid, but she is innocent. She did arrange that uh, exhibition with Sarayer, but only Mr. Wolf to move you, to make you hate Bianca Voss so much that you would undertake the case. Take it for what my sister could afford to pay. When she told me, I knew it was unforgivably stupid, but it was not criminal. She must not suffer. All right. Miss Gallant, you heard your brother. Is that true? <laughs> I agree with you, sir, that your sister was stupid, but you are not the one to proclaim it. Miss Yer's performance went beyond abusing me, sir. She enacted a whole melodrama of violent attack and then hung up the phone. That's something corpses do not usually do. Was that her idea? Your sister's stupidity can bow to yours if you expected me to overlook that detail, or worse, missed it yourself. I'm not stupid, Mr. Wolf. Devious, then, beyond my experience. Devious? Oh, Rousset, subtil. Never. Suppose, only to suppose, she arranged that comedy too. Suppose even that she killed Bianca. Was that a crime? No. Voss was an evil woman. And for ending her villainy, you would crucify my sister? You know about Serrière, but the police do not. By your word, they can believe Voss died while my sister was here with you. I will pay you. It will be a great service from you. It deserves payment. I will trust you. I will pay you now. Oh, no, you will not. Can I not appeal to your charity? Yes, but not to my cupidity. I will accept no money from someone who at the same moment robs me of my self-esteem. I will not permit a murderer to take me for a simpleton. Now, let us grant that Bianca Voss deserved to die. She was not the only casualty of this sordid affair. Was Sarah Yer also a perfidious woman? But... She killed herself. No, she didn't. 
You suggest she was so depressed by the quality of her telephone performance that she forthwith downed a glass of liquor impregnated with cyanide? She spoke with me in the role of Bianca Voss at 11.30 and was discovered dead at 2 o'clock. The person who killed Bianca Voss before 11.30 arranged with Sarah Yair to enact that comedy, as you call it, and later went to her apartment and killed her. So if you ask... No, that is, sub- that is totally impossible. My sister loved Sarah. She could not kill her. It was stupid. You came here believing she killed Bianca Voss. That was stupid, if you like. She didn't. What? What did what, what it, Mr. Wolf? What is it? Again? Oh, no, Miss Thorne. As a certain policeman said to me yesterday, murder is no joke. Miss Gallant, there is much against you. Then how did you know I didn't kill her? You told me yourself. If you had devised that elaborate humbug, certainly you would have planned how to react at the moment of crisis. Alarm, shock, perhaps even a swoon. But do you remember what happened? When Mr. Goodwin told us what Mr. Drew had told him, you said, in obvious bewilderment, you said, but how... and then repeated it, but how... Now, if you'd known how you did murder Bianca Vaz, you'd have had to be a Shakespeare to invent so simple a line and a burn heart to deliver it. But, according to your brother, you're little more than stupid. <laughs> but if you are innocent, someone else is guilty. The arrangement you had made with Sarah Yair to impersonate Bianca Vaz was discovered by someone else, perhaps overheard when you told your brother about it. That someone then persuaded her to add a gruesome climax not in your script, which was only intended to insult me and gain my interest. That someone else killed Bianca Voss. And to make sure her alibi was invulnerable, this someone went to Sarah Yair's apartment and poisoned her with cyanide and a glass of whiskey. Who is this someone? Now, all that was done before two o'clock. You, Miss Gallant, according to my friend Inspector Kramer, arrived at your brother's place only 15 minutes after I know you'd left here. You had no time for a detour to 13th Street. I wanted to go to see what had happened, it's but It's a I... good thing you didn't, madam. I also learned from Mr. Kramer that you, Mr. Gallant, you, Mr. Drew, and, and you too, Miss Prince, were under constant surveillance from the time the police arrived. And that leaves you, Miss Thorne. Leaves me where, Mr. Wolf? You were with three men in an office downtown from 11.20 until a quarter to 12. So I have three witnesses. Yes, but according to the police, you arrived at Alec Galant Incorporated shortly before 3 o'clock. You may be able to account for the interim period. Uh, you want to try? It can't be, Alec. How could you... I don't have to try. I don't like your games, Mr. Wolf, and I don't think I'll play. I didn't think you would. I won't be playing either, actually. The rest is up to Inspector Kramer, who's been following the moves and may now... Ter- <laughs> Grab her, Archie! Don't climb a tree. Okay, Goodwin, I'll take over. Thank you, Mr. Kramer. No, let me talk to her. Emmy, I have loved you. You killed Sarah? Yes, I killed her. Then you heard us that day. You heard me tell Flora. You found out I was already married to me. Yes, I heard you. And you knew I couldn't marry you? So you killed her. She was killing you. I did something about it. I understand. Because I loved you. And maybe you killed her because you loved me. But then, you killed Sarah. Why? You don't understand a thing, do you? And worse, when I tell you and the others what my sister has done, you accept it. You allow us to accept it that my sister has killed Bianca. Look at me. I am looking at you, Alec. What am I supposed to see? I don't think you could ever love anyone but yourself. My mistake. All right, Inspector Kramer, she's all yours. Take it easy, Miss Thorne. We're going for a walk. Emmy Thorne. That's too bad. I almost felt sorry for her walking out that way. When she walked, she walked like music, all right. But it just wasn't my kind of tune.
today's episode were Maver Moore as Nero Wolf, Don Franks as Archie Goodwin, and Cease Linder as Inspector Kramer. Joy Coghill as Flora Gallant, Nani Griffin, Anita Prince, Richard Monette, Alex Gallant, Vivian Reese, Emmy Thorne, Murray Westgate, Carl Drew, James Morris, Stebbins, and Frank Perry was Fritz. Music was composed and conducted by Don Gillis. Technical operations, John Jessup. Sound effects, Bill Robinson. Production assistant was Nancy McElveen. And casting consultant, Ann Weldon Tate. Murder is No Joke was written by Alan Osborne and produced and directed in Toronto by Ron Hartman. enjoyed this last episode of the 13-week Nero Wolf series. 